yeah! This is like episode eight now. And uh, I have more friends again. Actually, you guys aren't even my friends. I don't even know who the fuck yet, you guys right? are. <laughs> right? We're these random guys. We just saw this place. And we're like, hey, well, why don't we come here? This is uh, Andrew Hello. and Kiefer. Yeah. Uh, and who the fuck are you guys? What are you, who are you? <laughs> well, <laughs> we just happen to be driving by. No, we, uh, we're veterans of the scene from many years ago, the golden age. It's about 2005. That was the good old bless the fall, scary kids days. Oh yeah, kind of the MySpace trifecta. God, that's my like, favorite time. Oh yeah, the re- it's, he put it best. We were driving up here. He said it's the Renaissance. Oh, it is, dude. dude you're right. The Renaissance. Like- Hour zero. All those shows, yeah, right. and it's it's interesting how things build. Like you have a, several different good things happen at once. You have the perfect platform for the time, which is MySpace. Yeah. You have. You still don't have the social media getting everybody to stay inside. Everybody still got to go to a show. Otherwise, yeah. you miss out. That and FOMO. then you have all these, this new genre. Like hardcore music is just getting big with all the screaming. So you get the perfect platform, the perfect bands, and everyone wants to go out. Done. Yeah. So that's really where we started. We got our inspiration, and we formed our first band. Uh, yeah, it was 2005. After so you guys, so you guys, just to get some backstory real quick, you yeah. guys used to play together. Oh or yeah. you still play together. You play with each other. You you hang out. You do shit, yeah. right? Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yes. Well, okay. So you you were in a band in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. So was I, but I was but, in a shitty band. Were you guys in a shitty band? We're also <laughs> in a very shitty band. <laughs> yes, we did our share of shitty. Yeah. Our first show was at a, our high school. Yeah. High oh school yeah, lunch. mine was, too. Nice, man. Yeah. Good. yeah, it was like it was a talent show for me. <laughs> yeah. We played at lunch, was, and the, the yeah, lunch yeah, bell yeah. rang. I've never what? been so terrified. Yeah. yeah, that's like a Disney Channel movie. I right. Yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So we. Uh, the bell that's rang. a Zac Efron thing, dude. Yeah, like High School Musical <laughs> shit right there. We all like looked at each other. The bell rang. We're like, "What did we get ourselves into?" And then we played, and all these people liked it, and it was shitty. But yeah. it was a learning curve, and we just nice we just friends. loved. It was all like five. It's us and our best friends. So we just grew and just kind of like we call it bigger and better. We did our lunch show, then we eventually got our first <laughs> venue show. Yeah. And then, it's like you have a reservation in yeah. Vegas, but for children. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh shit. So, yeah, you fast forward like. 2007 ish, 2008. No, it's 2009 that we first our first band broke up. We have been in multiple bands oh, together. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a it's been a ride, man. I know that life. Me and my oh, guitar yeah. player have been in like four different bands together. Yeah. So I know what that's about. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. How important, how cool it is to have that that person that you can always trust. Ride or die. Yes. Your road De- dog. Definitely. So yeah, that was like 2009, and then we kind of split our ways. I formed. Well, I, I went on. I did. A, I joined a. A, a band called This Great Escape. They needed a guitarist for tour. Mm-hmm. So I did tour. He joined Sound the City, I believe, and he went yeah. on tour. So it's <laughs> funny. We both left our band that wasn't going anywhere. And then we immediately got both touring at the same time, but different bands. And yeah. it's kind of shitty sometimes because I'm like the one guy I want to tour with is doing it. He's on the States oh Fallen Warp Tour. Yeah. And I'm here on the West Coast we playing my so shows. We have so much in common right now. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So... So and it was kind of a, a little bit of a falling out for a bit, but then two years later, we're like, "Hey, you want to be in a band?" He's like, "Oh yeah, let's do that." So, wow, this is blowing my mind. That story. Oh yeah, okay, I remember you guys. That's okay. Ironically yeah. enough, <laughs> I think you guys were one of the first bands I heard of when I first moved here. Oh nice. And I don't necessarily know why, but I think I played a show with you, both of you. Yeah, I think I was in a band called Nava. Nava, we played. Yes, yeah. I remember. Did that Nava. happen? Yeah, Martini yep. Ranch. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Martini I got, Ranch. I, got I remember seeing you guys. Yeah. I got in trouble because they said I broke a mic stand. <gasps> yeah, like I like. I remember that. I, I remember that now. I oh, threw yeah. something like at the wall or something, and yeah. I was trying to be reckless yeah. and just edgy. hard. 
Yeah, but that was when I first moved here. And me and Chad, uh, who played in Scary Kids, so him and I were, we started a band with the dudes in Drop Dead Gorgeous. So it was me and him and Cooper and Jake from Drop Dead Gorgeous. And we got this dude from Florida named Paul who eventually that's a different story altogether. <laughs> that's a that's a black hole. He's a he's a good dude, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that thing we went. I'm going to give some backstory to that because it, it's man. pretty Please, fucking interesting. I hear it. So <clears throat> we we formed this band. I wrote like four or five songs. Right, I flew out to Denver. Me and Chad flew out to Denver for like 30 days, and we wrote and we recorded some demos. And um, everything was cool. Everything was great. I was like, man, this is incredible. I've never been in a situation where like I have such talented people with me, right? So fast forward a little bit, we get our shit recorded uh, and Bo from Sayosin mixes it and it sounded still pretty bad because we really had no <laughs> idea what we were doing. But the uh, John Feldman gets a, gets a hold of it and Feldman is like, hey, I love this shit. Come to my house. Wow. So I'm like... Yeah, let's go to John Feldman's oh, house. So we all fly to Arizona and we get in, a, in Chad's mom's van and we drive <laughs> to LA. Shit <laughs> gets crazy, dude. Oh, God. So we get there uh, the night before we're supposed to go to Feldman's house. I get, we all start drinking, but I get belligerently drunk to the point where I had like a whole handle of fireball to myself oh, no. plus oh, beers. So I'm being a fucking emotional dickhead to everybody. <laughs> and I eventually keep picking on this dude who was super nice. I can't remember his name. I think he's super famous now, but I can't remember his name um, to save the life of me. I really can't remember. Uh, but my drummer, who it was like him and that guy I was picking on were like really good friends. Him and I, he's like, hey, dude, you got to stop being a fucking dick to everybody. And I'm like, what? I'm not being a dick. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> and uh, he's eventually like, what the fuck do you say to me? He's like, you want to go? And then I grabbed him and I threw him through a fence, Ooh. this guy's fence. <laughs> and then we oh, end shit. up on the ground and it's crazy. And I get dragged out by like four people and I sleep in Chad's mom's van. <laughs> Oh. And uh, the next morning, we high-fived about it, which is really weird. <laughs> hey, dude, remember when I threw you against the fence? That was great. And then we went to Feldman's, and then fast forward a couple months after Feldman's, like, yeah, we have to do this record. Our singer quits. Yeah, oh. and then that was like kind of what started me and Chad being in separate bands. And then I joined another band, and then I was on Warp Tour, and he was just doing nothing. And now we're in a band again, and now I'm happier than I've ever been. Yeah. You know, so long fucking winded story. Yeah. I, I empathize with that situation so yeah. hard because it's kind of beautiful to always have that your dude, you know what yeah. I mean? Like your go to oh, yeah. guy, yeah. like yeah. your support system almost. Well, it's extremely important. Like we just went through this yesterday with an artist we had in, like building your support, having good team, your friends are important. Yes. That's who's going to so lift important. you up. And uh, having good family, good uh, relationships with. You know, your associates, whether that be bandmates, management, whatever it ends, ends up being. Yeah. Talk right in the microphone. For oh, me. sorry there about that. That's much better. Yeah. It just, uh, it just super important. So, it, and have a guy that you know you can rely on is, it's been amazing for us, I know. Yeah. So, you guys, you guys have started a studio. Yeah. Right. Cool. So what's that like? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you have just right? no what's idea. That like? what, what could that be like? Well, we hit the record button sometimes. No. <laughs> yeah, I've always recorded. Um, that uh -huh. was like my thing when I when we first started our band. My first setup was the classic two dollar adapter Radio Shack. Yeah, that's yep. the life, man. Audacity. I miss those days. Like. <laughs> 
plug it right in the sound card, motherfucker, and you just get this little <laughs> quarter jack, yeah. clean guitar, Absolutely. no VST, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I would just record and record and record. I just couldn't get enough of it. And then um, as the bands went on, I finally got my first interface in like 2009, and that's mm-hmm. where like suddenly. Like there's like drums and there's like all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, okay, now we're actually talking. So I did that for a while. And then after the whole, after all the bands collapsed, that was kind of my thing for the next few years because right. I have to have music. But this last uh, December, I kind of really went full force in recording, reconnected with another old friend from a past band. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, we got to, I, I need, I need somebody. I was trying to do the whole, like, let me write all my songs by myself thing. Yeah. And that's a disaster. That's it. That's, that's, it just depends. It just depends. I, I do it by myself quite often. That's good. Yeah. It was working for a while for me, but after a while, I'm just like, I need that other person because mm-hmm. I was just like listening to my own stuff. It wasn't getting anywhere doing that. So I finally just said, Hey, you're going to come here and you're going to do some songs to me. Okay. Boom. And then for the first time ever, I was like, you know, this song sounds really good. I've never mixed anything. I've oh, really? Been, oh, yeah. I've never mixed anything at this point. It's literally just been recorded. It's a demo. Send it to the band. This is just a rough idea, and let's drill it out in practice. So finally, I get this, somehow I get this curiosity. I'm like, what happens if I tried to make this sound good? Yeah. And that was the... I'm that surprised it. it didn't come yeah. to you sooner. I know. I wish I was it, like I wish instantly it did. hooked. I wish, man. I, I'm kicking myself hard for not ever asking that question. Yeah. Never looking at an EQ. And then I just dove in. It was crazy. I just started watching all the YouTube stuff. That's exactly Recording yeah. Revolution. That's all the way guys. to do it. I feel like... So people go to school for that stuff, you know, like you, you'll see a ton of people go to Crass, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel, okay. I, I'm not saying anything bad about Crass whatsoever. It's a cool place to be. Right. You learned a bunch of cool shit, but I don't feel like you learn real world techniques and things that are applicable in a modern, modern, you know, work workplace like we have now, you know, where most of the shit we do is digital. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but realistically most of the people out there even the shit that's on the radio skrillex for example he okay. doesn't even master his shit i just yeah. learned that from matt good wow he told me that skrillex just fucking does all this shit in ableton and fucking destroys the fader like to plus 60 b and then sends it and then it's on the radio so <laughs> like like i'm not shitting on crass yeah. again but people can learn so much shit off youtube and it's just a matter of like diving in i mean yeah. you have it's we're in the age of of limitless knowledge yeah Right, so that's how I learned. That's how I learned. That's how I learned. Yeah, it was all YouTube, and then getting into the podcasts. There's incredible podcasts right now. Yeah. Not only do you have like all the technical side stuff, if you look at like uh, Nail the Mix and URM, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And then you look at Six Figure Home Studio with Brian Hood's doing yeah. all that. Yeah, that guy's awesome. I mean, that's like the plethora of that knowledge is unbelievable. So yeah. I should not be where I'm at after six months of learning, but I've gotten. It's just that's the time we live in. It's like I want to learn a skill. If you have the drive. And the knowledge. That's the biggest thing is the drive. The drive is huge. So I get fucking, I've been doing this now. I've been doing it. I've been doing it good for like four weeks, but I've been doing it as a whole for like eight years. Yeah. I only got good four weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Just four weeks ago. You're like, I approve of my own mix. But yeah, I'm not even fucking kidding you. Like I, I don't consider myself like a crazy mixer or anything. Like that's not my thing. I write songs. I produce. I produce songs. Mm -hmm. My strong point is knowing what what sounds good. You know, but mixing, I do it because I feel like I have to because that's kind of where the money is. The consistent money is at. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think my mixers are the best. 
people think my mixes are cool, and I'm like, fuck yeah, if you like it, I and like it too. I don't hate yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. But man, I th- I am so meticulous. I feel like a lot of people are like this too. Like I am so meticulous about the shit that I do. Oh yeah. That it is hard for me to say, okay, I'm done, and here you go. Yeah. Totally feel you. you know the, car I mean? test, the car test. The car you- test. I, I even stopped doing the car test because I was like, what the fuck's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm about to stop because I, I, that was the, the pain. It was like, go in the car. What the hell is this? Well, if your monitoring is is cool and like if, if you have a if you know your room well enough and you've been there for a while, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's still good to obviously reference your shit in your car because it's where the, everyone listens to their shit, right? Yeah. But I mean, if you know, you know. Kind of, I mean, you've heard your stuff in other places regardless. So, like, I feel like going to the car is just like, oh, this is more for fun rather than, because you already know what you're going to get into, right? Yeah, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Maybe you don't. I it don't was, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the first few, about 10 or 15 mixes, I didn't have my panels up yet. So, that was really, I had to test the car. Uh-huh. But then once I got the panels up, that was like, oh, you know, yeah, they suddenly yeah. had all the the accurate response. Totally. But yeah, that's how the studio kind of formed. It just, uh, I needed that outlet. And I've always been amazed by the studio. We did several records. We, uh, our, one of our first records was with uh, JM Studios. I don't know if you remember them from a long time back. No, Joe I don't. and Mike. Uh-uh. Um, uh, they, were, they did a studio from like 2007 to about 2010 before they moved to Austin, Texas. Oh, they, we play, Sleepwalker they, dudes. Sleepwalker, the Sleepwalker yeah. dudes. Yeah, that, yeah I was Joe lives here again, right? Yeah, I think so. And Mike's here with an band called Lux. Oh, is he yeah. playing Lux? He's playing yeah. Lux. Michael cool. uh, Lux is yeah. doing some cool stuff. Lux is yeah. Bobby's awesome. doing some cool stuff for them. Yeah. Bobby's the, the man. I Bobby's love him. Yeah. Funny story that we probably you wouldn't know, but Bobby is the reason why we uh, became a band when we were like 16, 17. And he was probably like thirteen. He He's was. still young, right? I have, I have this vision of Bobby. The first time I saw Bobby, we were transitioning. He was he went to our high school. That's where we met him first. Mm-hmm. He did a house show. That was his first music thing. And he organized the house show. He messaged us in MySpace. You guys are playing the house show. Okay, great. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then finally, I see him walking in the hallway. I'm like, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy. And then it all started. Well, and then then just- so how did so I, dive into that a little bit? Because yeah. that's kind of a weird thing for just some some random dude to be the, the reason you guys play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Go it was it. it was in terms of like playing outside of like our friends' houses for a house party or, you know, things like that. We weren't playing shows for real. Yeah. And it was really Bobby that got us into it. And, you know, we had a similar friend circle at school, but it was like the periphery of friends. And so it was like we didn't really know who this kid was. Yeah, yeah. But then he was like, here's this show, and the show was great. So we were just like, from that moment on, he was such a lovable kid. Like He still is kind of. He's like kind of weird. Like, I hope he hears this. I love you, dude. But like he's he's just a little like... uh, He's just different. I think he's just really business oriented. You know what I mean? Oh well, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's you know, he's he's a good dude though. He's, he's not great. even. I'm the weird one. That's the weird one. That's all it is. You know, I mean, Anybody like, that tries to talk to me is like, "What the fuck's your problem?" <laughs> what is <dude>? your problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Bobby was great, and then he ended up actually just managing us. That we were the first band he managed. Oh, no so shit. we go way back with Bobby. This was a our band, <laughs> Aliquin. Aliquin. <laughs> oh wow. Just you want to trip down memory lane? We were yeah. talking about. Uh, do you like that band name? Do you miss that band name? Uh, it, it just it is what it was, man. Like we didn't. I don't even know where it came from. Like I have no idea. And then everyone's. Like, you guys are, are you Harley Quinn? No, we got yeah. that all the time. But why do, you, why do you ask? 
<laughs> oh, I posted this thing on Facebook yesterday about I had like 300 people tell me their first shitty band names. Oh, okay. oh. And and there are some fucking terrible ones. Oh yeah. I'm talking terrible. Uh this kid John Heisemer has the absolute worst one. Oh, do I it. can't even remember it cuz I think I blocked oh. it out. <laughs> You're like that's going well, out of the memory. The first band we put together and like no doubt then our band's name was Adam's Bomb. Oh my god. Right? And we were like <laughs> That's kind of, kind of cool though. That's for a punk rock band. We Adam's were punk. Yeah. You we were? Punk, yeah. yeah, we were it, that makes punk-ish. so much. That's badass. You I should still use that. Cool. <laughs> right. Well, then, then we switched to Helen by Heart, and that one was yeah, kind of we weird. That turn. was our emo. You have scene said band. nothing bad yet. Oh, true. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> you guys must be <laughs> super talented. Oh, okay. <laughs> really bad. talented at picking names for bands. Well, probably, <laughs> I think our worst band name was uh, we. Everyone, this is from our friends that hated it was Bring on the Fame. Oh yeah, we got that was our pop band. That was yeah, pretty bad. It was uh, yeah, like it was Forever the Sickest Kids <laughs> type yeah, style like, band. Such... We loved Forever the Sickest Kids then. And we were like, we want to be like them. And Oh, did you go through that Family Force 5 Forever the Sickest Kids? We literally oh, yeah. played with Family we Force would... 5 and Forever the Sickest Kids yeah, and Marquee. Played... Like, oh yeah. my yeah. god, We literally yeah, we, were we, on we, that. Op- <laughs> that was like our band we wanted to strive for then suddenly like a year later we were opening for them. That was a quick phase in music. Yeah, very quick. Neon Deep Vs and the Headbands. The Cobra Starship. Cobra Starship and all that. Like, yeah. That was a very, very quick phase. We got like the 80s glam rock of like pop punk. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. And then it was over. Like, yeah. It was literally over and within a year and a half. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I've never seen anything come and go that quick. Now no. that I think about it, damn, because I remember like one warp tour, it was like 2007 or 2008, where it was just like a lot of those bands popping off 303, you mm-hmm. know, all that, oh, all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Breathe Carolina was, in a, was the, one of our oh biggest bands. Oh my God. Bands. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. So much of that shit. And now it's gone. Except for I guess three hundred three is like really riding the emo night coattail yeah. now. Breathe Carolina is uh, yeah. still around. Are they? They're still going? Yeah. Good for them. We we played with them at the old venue. I don't know if you remember the fix. I do not know that one. I remember. I mean, this is before they blew up. And I remember driving by them, and they're in this like rusty old van. Mm-hmm. I was like, who? The? We we heard their song, and it's you know it was just crazy. This like techno screamo thing. We're like. We were playing it till like three in the morning. We first discovered the other song called "The Bird and the Bees," and we uh, played that. That's crazy. You remember me. the title of this? I, I I got the memory, man. <laughs> but um, no, it was awesome. So that, that they were part of that, but that they kept it going. But yet they had the techno side. Mm. I feel like Forever the Sickest Kids and uh, the, some of the other bands they just were still so rock. But like I think All Time Low and other bands like that. Yeah, they kind of like had less of the glam and more of the songwriting. The the, the they, feel. they had the pop of it. That's what it yeah. is. You know what I mean? They were less weird. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like I mean, look at look at everything now. Now nothing is weird, you know. True. Like now everything on the radio is just like kind of all the same, and it's kind of sad in a sense because like regardless of what their music was, it was different, mm-hmm. right? And like so, what's different now? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that like super stands out besides like Frank Ocean. And that's not even that different. Yeah. Kanye West is a psychopath, different guy. I love him, <laughs> yeah. but he's been around for 16, yeah. 17 years. Yeah. So man, it's the, crazy. The originality is really, yeah, taking a hit, unfortunately. It was just, it's run low on ideas, you know, it's I mean, hard. So in the local scene, to bring it back to like, I mean, like that part of all of this, yeah. there's a local band called Dropout Kings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I, we, the last time we saw each other at that Black Throne, I think they were Phoenix Down at that point. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know what they're calling I think they're calling it like trap metal now. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's legit. Like I'm every time I hear their songs, I just want to keep listening to it. Yeah, they're pretty so awesome. Like, I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big no. fan of them as individuals too. Yeah. 
I actually have a lot of respect for them. Uh, Adam, their singer. Yeah. He he has a lot of heart, dude. That kid is pretty fucking rad. And he, it seems like, I mean, you, you never know somebody, right? Well, but yeah. it seems like he really actually gives a fuck about what he's doing. Oh, yeah. And he's not just riding it to ride it. He seems 100% genuine. Right? Yeah. I love that guy. I love that. I wish I was that. I wish I was like that. I wish I could like stomach being on my phone for that long to like right. interact with people, yeah. you know, yeah. because he sits there and he does that shit. And I talked about in one of my first or second podcasts about how the internet is, is, is essentially just taking over everything. And, but there's still the, the groundwork of it, how you can still go to shows, but that dude, he is the, the king of the internet. The hustle is real. He with should him. just start a fucking like side business with yeah, just right, like real. teaching the internet to fucking <laughs> band dudes. Adam book, Adam book the replacement like, for Facebook. It'll be sold yeah, out as soon but as I, I like their shit. Their shit's yeah. cool. It's it's very reminiscent of you know that that two thousands new metal shit with a little bit of you know really really cool nuances of like trap music. You yeah. know, and yeah, they're doing it. I think it's got an, a unique enough sound to where it's. Something at least when when we saw them or when I saw them live at that show for the first time, it made me turn around and look at them and really want to focus on what these guys are about. Yeah, and it's that's that kind of mentality. It's something I go through with when we have artists in is to get at the heart of why they're doing what they're doing. If you're just up there saying nonsense that you don't really believe in, no one's going to connect with it. Yeah, but if you live it, breathe it, it's your that's your shit, and that's what that's the vibe I get from them. They really believe in them. And what their message is. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. It goes a long way. So going back to the studio, are you guys, yeah. do you guys work on everything together? Is that what goes on? Are you co-producers? Is it like a team? Or how does that work out for you? It, it tends to kind of go more, he'll do the recording aspect of it and the instrumentation. And uh, if there needs to be any assistance with that. And I work more on the production side. Okay, and, so it's like a mixer-producer like combo. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of neat. I uh, I kind of wish I had that because I feel like the workflow would, is, would just be insane. Because not one person is getting too burnt out. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> and that's my problem is... Uh, not necessarily my problem, but that's my struggle-ish. Is like I yeah. I am constantly thinking about both things, and I feel like not that one suffers, but I feel like it just takes me a bit longer to just encompass the entire vision of a project. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm proud of everything that I do, no doubt. For sure, right? But I just it does seem pretty cool to have that that team effort. You know. That's what people, the people that have come to the studio, they've noticed that team. They're like, wow, like, because I'm able to handle a lot of the, you know, something goes wrong with the software, boom, I'm on it. You know, the the mixing, all the side of that. Yeah. And then the production he offers is just, is crazy. So it's really good they get the blend of it. And there's a lot of times where I'll just go downstairs. Like, yeah. we, we do in vocals, Kiefer's, on, Kiefer's going there, he's going yeah. down on the vocalist, and I can just go downstairs. He's going do down nothing. on the vocalist. He's going down. Hell yeah. Damn, go record with them. You get yeah, some cool shit. Kiefer, you, you get to do some cool stuff. A lot of perks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, that's really nice. Uh, yeah, yesterday we were, we were doing a project. It's kind of like an acoustic project. Uh-huh. And I was able to just, you know, we were able to get everything set up, do some stuff, got to the vocal point. All right, I'm going to head down. And they're starting to work out the song lyrics and everything oh, like that. It's kind of a, uh, not to get super nerdy, but like a D&D reference, a Session Zero oh God, here we go. type of thing. I have no idea. Dude, I'm so glad you, know you don't Dungeons know. The big Dungeons and Dragons guy? Are you guys? Dun- no. No, no. I have a friend. So my boss at work is super into it, and he talks to me about it all the time. So I'm like aware of what goes on. And I know that a Session Zero is like not really doing it for real, but you're game planning. So that was kind of like oh, what next that level. was. 
we sat down. I let he played through his songs. We talked about his lyrics. We talked about the reason why he wrote the song, that kind of thing, and getting into the the head, getting into their headspace, right? About why they're here and yeah. pursuing this. I love doing that. I love trying to do that as much as possible. But some people, some some people that come into this place aren't like that. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. And some people just want to keep that to them, to themselves because. At the end of the day, music is a personal experience. Yeah. It's it's yeah. your perspective on a certain situation, right? And I love that if somebody wants to come in and talk to you about what they're doing, I feel like it makes for the collaborative effort to, to, be, to be much more successful, yeah. right? But some people, like me personally, it would take it would take me a sec yeah. for for me to talk about the shit that I write because the shit that I write is so deep and so personal to me that I don't. I, even when I write it, I don't write with a certain message because it's so cryptic because I don't necessarily want people to know exactly what I'm talking about. I want people to make their own assumptions of what it could mean and then have it be relatable to them, which I think it's going to happen regardless. But I just try to be a little bit more vague about it, if that makes, makes sense. any sense. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, I, I think that if people come in and you get to do that with them, it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it put the onus back on them. It's going to be as good as they want it to be. Totally. And we can only get the input one time. So if you want it to be great, I'm going to do anything I can in my power to help you get there. I love it. And it's just up to you. And I've had glowing response with all of them that are typically eyes wide. What can we do to do this better? I want to do it better. And it's been great. I haven't run into anyone that's closed off yet. But it's not like we jump in right away to that kind of stuff. What we do is typically if it's a band, the, the instruments will be playing, recording, whatever. I'll go downstairs with the singer. Yeah. We'll, we've got a bunch of tees that are just good to open up your vocal cords, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so we'll, we'll uh, sit down and just hang out. I'll ask them how the day was. We'll start slow. And I kind of just build the trust, build the rapport. That way when we go back up to record, we've got a little bit of a rapport and I can kind of, okay, so this is what your song seems to be about. What are you feeling? And I just kind of prod along. And if I ever get any pushback... 100%. Yeah, you have. Yeah. I used to be the type of person where I would have, I would push people until they would fucking hate me. And I think <laughs> yep, I yep. built, I built that. <laughs> I talked about this too. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm like a broken record, but I feel like people have painted me in a certain light sometimes because I do push hard as fuck. I've learned to tone it back now. Though. Yeah. <laughs> because you can only get so much out of somebody yeah. before they're yeah. like, hey, shut the fuck up. I just want to do right? my song, damn it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so I think that's the, one of the most important things if you're doing a studio is to be able to read people. Yeah. And then, like Kiefer said, kind of like slow, start slow and just, you know, how's your day going? And people open up. Yeah, yeah. Because more often than not, musicians it's just, it's are It's therapeutic, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's therapy for people to come come into this place and get an escape from their lives. You oh, know? yeah, 100%. And, you know, for anybody that does record or produce bands or artists leave all of that shit that you have going on in your life at the fucking door as well. Because these people are coming in with their hopes and dreams, essentially. You know what I mean? So it might be a job to someone like me, but, or, you know, but to them, it's like they feel like they're about to make their life. When I go into another studio and and I'm going to go do a record, I feel like, oh shit, this is it. I'm fucking going to make this. And then, I think, and everyone thinks we're gonna be fucking huge, oh, right? Yeah. So lift, yeah. lift them up with oh, you. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't take. The, I, I've, I've made the mistake a couple times of bringing my garbage inside. Ooh. You yeah. know. Yeah. And you just can't do it. You cannot do it. Yeah. 
I totally hear you on the, the studio. When we, the several times we went to the studio over the years, like we just, when it was time, it was the week. Yeah. I mean, that feeling is unbelievable. That escape, you cannot beat that. What's the best studio experience you've ever uh, had? I got you. So <laughs> <laughs> we've had several. We did, um, I'd say the best one, we, we did our big record with Secrets to Keep with uh, Dave, uh, Dan Parker from okay. A Change of Pace. Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a fun record. Talented dude. Oh, incredibly yeah. talented dude. That was so much fun. He had just moved from his Peoria house to his uh, now he's like around the Goodyear area. So it was kind of a new house, and it was just amazing to get his input on things because uh, the Secrets Will Keep band we had a lot of different directions going. So we really needed that piece, that guy to like unify it because we had so many different ideas. So we really loved that. And then just as a band, we were, we just had all the perfect side jokes, the side skits and everything. So it was just so much fun to like get really serious and then we'd leave the room and then it was just all shits and giggles, if that's still a phrase. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Shits and giggles. Mm. But yeah, it's the culmination of the experience when you have the, all of that together. Because I, I never want to be in the studio and just be like all serious and business. It has to be fun. No, but at the same I don't time, even let that shit happen yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be so light. And there's, you know, lots of times where Dan would laugh with us. I think it's it's good quality of a producer when you can like take away from it a bit. Let's laugh with the band. The second the first fart happens, (laughs) that's when that's when you know it's about to be all right. That's when you know it's real. It's so funny. Like the second someone is like, "Oh my gosh, that was me." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, (laughs) fuck yeah, yeah." Let's get let's let's get get that unrecorded. (laughs) Let's get some Febreze and hang the fuck out, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, it's it's funny, man. Like. Uh, to come to come into it, I mean, it's pretty nerve wracking, right? Oh yeah, you know, especially oh, yeah. when you don't know the person, you haven't had like that that pre meet. Well, yeah, yeah. And that and at the time we had never met him before, and all yeah, of oh, us yeah. in high school loved that a change of pace record with Weekends for the Warriors. Like, yeah, it just it, so it just was a little bit of an off factor, and then it just was immediately such a. And that I think we learned a lot not knowing it then that we're taking to our studio now. Of today course, with just the comfortability. Was it was that one of your first times to recording? A little bit. We did uh, David Ludlow. Oh, I love oh, him. Yeah. yeah. So, oh man, Big the Dave. first two secrets we Big keep singles. Famous ass Dave. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> famous Dave's famous barbecue Dave. ass. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked working with David Ludlow. That was incredible. Yeah. He um, he's intense. He's yeah. He's fucking no, intense. He's intense. <laughs> it was still at his parents' house. It was like 2009. Is he still there? I haven't he's still there with, awesome. the, with his band. <laughs> it's it's a dope spot. It's it like really a cool is. upstairs fucking spot that you would never think is in a house. Yeah, you like would that. never mm-hmm. think yeah, that was it was very I remember walking in and being like, Wow, like this fits perfectly. Yeah. I mean he's got one of those big things like the old Digi consoles that uh, the uh twenty four channel Digi ones and mm-hmm. like that thing is pretty big still. And it's a small room, but it worked. Yeah, it's still it was comfortable. Small, same size. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I was comfortable, it was good. No, but he was great. Um that was so good to do the first two singles with him. And once again, never seen the guy, never met the guy. I've only heard of the guy because of Greeley. Yeah. And then suddenly we're at his house. They're coming back, apparently. Yeah. Oh, I did see that teaser. You saw that? Oh. I, I, I never knew any of their music. Oh, man. I, don't, oh, I wasn't really man. into it, though. It yeah. like, wasn't for me. I think it's more of a nostalgic thing. Oh, yeah. It's because of the scene. Like, Oh, they're from here, so you guys grew yeah. up with we it. Grew right? with yeah. We, we grew up with them. We opened for them several times. Yeah, so and talking just, about the Renaissance oh, era of music, oh, I mean, that was like when everybody came to every show. Well, yes. yeah, and it wasn't, yeah, just, man, beautiful time. It's an absolute <laughs> beautiful time. Beautiful. Yeah, right? <laughs> we've we've yeah. touched on it we've many times on, it, on yeah. this thing already. <laughs> yeah, it just, that was, that that helped a lot. Yeah. But they had that dark sound and that, it, it was like, it was cool everywhere too. So just like, you had to like him. Um, what was David in, he was in something else too, right? 
or was it just Greeley? Oh, boy. oh yeah, oh. he was in um. It was pop band, I believe. Well, he Maybe. played guitar for uh, David Kleinenbrill's "I Never Let This Go." Oh, he played yeah, guitar for him for a little while, but I don't. But there's okay. there's like another thing, man. I'm, I must. I think I'm. There's something it. before Greeley. I think I know what you're saying. Anyway, he's in yeah. Dead now and Dead Sick, and oh, yeah. fuck yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Probably but, the highest end studio we went to was uh, Corey Spots. Corey one single yeah. with Corey and Corey. Corey's, cool. Corey's so good. That was awesome. I did. I thought his studio was going to be somewhere out in the middle of nowhere because it's going to be one of those like mega warehouse studios, and then. Uh-huh. It's like two blocks from my house. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. all right, this is cool. And the yeah, first sure studio enough, I recorded in is still, that's my favorite time. I fucking miss this guy. I haven't, he's like off the grid. Like I haven't, not, I don't have his phone. His name is uh, Tim Galt in Hampton, Virginia. I'm going to get emotional talking about it. Because Do it, it, it really it. like means so much to me. But he was just so cool. I never met him. And I walked in, he was just like, what's up? <laughs> and he loved Nirvana like like right off the bat he was super nice. into Nirvana and then I was like I love this guy and I was so young and impressionable and uh that he he just made such a humongous impact on my life he's the one who made me who made me hit my drums the way I'm supposed to hit them he would always say hey you're playing like a little bitch dude mm-hmm. you nice. got to you got to not hit like a bitch and I was like oh Okay, because oh, okay. I would play with like my <laughs> disgusting open form and just like feather. And I remember he made fun of me because I would like Avenge Sevenfold was like popping off with Backcountry. And I was like, I love that snare. And he was like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Do you like trash cans? <laughs> he, was like, he was like, that snare sounds like a piece of paper hit with a dick. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, what am I right. talking about? <laughs> but man, he was just so cool. His spot was so humble. It was like this small little ass space, but it was so vibey, you know? And I think... You know, my spot's not really too small. His was half the size of this. Oh wow! But I try to like, like almost emulate it like that a little bit with like, he didn't have the craziest gear or anything, but he he used what he had and he made his shit sound fucking insane. Yeah. And like, it, it was just such an inspiring time. And I have not had a, and I've recorded in a lot of fucking places, dude. And still, that guidance. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, if you listen to a lot of the, some of the other podcasts about the studio right now, the put it best is like these people that come into your studio, they're the, they're the heroes of the story. Yeah. Like yeah. if you position yourself, you think of Star Wars, you want to be Obi-Wan, not yeah. Luke Skywalker, right? Absolutely. And that's what, how that guy made you feel. And that's why you felt alive yep. because he guided you. He absolutely he, did. And it's so He also tempting. bought me Subway once. Oh, damn. <laughs> Footlong? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he told me about the, the, the Subway Chipotle sauce, and that literally fucking changed my life. That one was good. Oh, my gosh. Steak and cheese with Chipotle. So good. I never had that. I've, I that oh, actually, When I was eating Subway, dude, I don't eat that shit anymore because yeah. I think I'm a half a grown-up, but... I would only get one thing throughout like 14 years. I'd get the same thing. Are you guys like that? A yeah. little bit, yeah. I, I have like two orders at Subway. It's like yeah. steak and cheese or something else. I I would always order the same thing. It was this f- disgusting cold cut combo. What the fuck is a cold cut anyway? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> you know, it's just like like beige <laughs> circles. <laughs> A little more of those beige circles, please. All the love to people who love Subway. Oh, yes. You know, but fuck, man. Eat fresh. (laughs) I'm like that everywhere I go, though. Like, the second I try something that's good, I won't get something else for like 16 years. (laughs) Like at Chili's. I gotten. I don't. I actually haven't been to Chili's in a long time. But when I did go to Chili's, it was the same fucking thing ever. It was just like pasta. They were like, try something else. 
No thanks. No, no thanks, dude. Man, I'm good. I this, like this what works. I like. Yeah, I feel works. like I'm Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am Larry David. Maybe you are. I'm going to fucking shave a cul-de-sac in my head and just become <laughs> Larry David. <laughs> because Done that's deal. who I want to be. The, same, the way same he lives life. his life is perfect. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody. At least on Curb Your Enthusiasm, he doesn't give well, a yeah. fuck about anything or anyone. He's just this fucking giant non-Jew Jew guy who loves to just be a dickhead. But he's like, everyone loves him. That's me. <laughs> the lovable dickhead. The lovable dickhead. <laughs> orders the same damn meal That's 16 totally me. years in a row. That's it. Whenever I'm recording a band, I'm saying, if you don't love Curb Your Enthusiasm, we can't do this. And you have to love beige circles love on your sandwich. <laughs> and then go vegan. <laughs> Are you guys go- vegan at all? Anybody? No, well, I was 2013. Yeah. For like six months as vegan. It's good. It's good. What good, brought uh, you back? What brought you out uh, of yeah, that? Yeah, let me tell you. Uh, so because it's gonna just make you me hear so all these. Mad. Th- right. I'm gonna hit you with like the ultimate, the ultimate <laughs> joke of the internet, which is if you have like a vegan and a CrossFitter walk into a bar, what do they talk about first? That's exactly what happened. Is I was oh, vegan no. for a long time because I just needed to change all my eating. It's all these problems. Yeah. And then I uh, started doing that whole CrossFit thing in 2013. And there's no way you're lifting all that intensity workouts and not eating chicken. It just doesn't what? happen. Why? I just could, I what do you do mean? It. I couldn't do it, man. I, there's plenty of people that make it work and I love it. And I think like, I'm so thankful that I did it because it taught me how to really love vegetables. But man, it was hard for a bit. It was hard for a bit to lift without the protein, especially now I'm a, I'm a different character. I have a ridiculous metabolism. Uh-huh. So my body processes food like nothing. I just eat, 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 and I can't, I can't get enough. You just keep shitting so all over the place. I just all shit everywhere, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so I'm different, and I, I really think that you know I'm, a, I'm really into food. I love cooking. I love eating. I love lifting and that whole trifecta. Yeah. And so, but trust me, I'm very much, you know, I think people need to realize what works for you works for you, and what's, what doesn't work. I, it got to the point too where I was getting lightheaded all the time. Oh, really? And I was trying to Not fix me, it, dude. Yeah. Maybe I've got like some leftover shit, like meat from two thousand six. <laughs> you got some six, two thousand six. You probably got about two more years till you shit it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Where's my brain now? That doesn't happen to me, and like the whole protein thing is. I mean, you do what you do. I'm not gonna go into it. Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not like Captain Vegan or anything. I do miss chicken wings quite a bit, by the way. Yeah. So shout out. Have you been to the green, my friend? Shout out chicken. Green? The green restaurant. Yeah. Fuck that. You don't want that? I mean, it's delicious, but it's fantastic, but man, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Unless you get the bowl. Unless you get the bowl. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I know. I like refuse to pay for like shit like that. And I will never in my life pay for a salad. Are you fucking serious, dude? Oh yeah. Would you go pay for a salad? I bet you would. I would. I would pay for a salad. Fuck you, man. I know. I'm I'm terrible. (laughs) Damn it. But let's, let's get on to some common ground. Chipotle. Chipotle every day of my life. Day, yeah, just literally every day of when my I, life. When, when I was vegan, well, how I eat now, it's literally just every day. Yeah. You cannot beat that. It's about three to four times a week for me. It's, it's dangerous, it's beautiful. Though, dude. It's very. It is dangerous. You'll go uh, to the hospital. Oh, yeah, all that sodium. <laughs> no, what was that good South Park episode where they yep. kept making fun of you getting bloody underwear after Chipotle? Oh, and then they brought Billy Mays back and it's like, oh Billy Mays here. You got you getting bloody underwear after Chipotle? Try Damn. my OxyClean. That's crazy. South yeah. Park's been on for 25 years, 20 years almost. Yeah. Now. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. Man. Crazy. That theme song was the best. Prim- what- Primus. You know, Les Claypool from Primus wrote that shit. Really? Oh, wow. You didn't know, know that? I didn't wow. Listen yeah. to every day. That's his voice and that, yeah. Dude, he's in, he's insane. Do you guys ever get into Primus? Tiny bit. I never Very did. Tiny. I thought it's, it was obnoxious. It's 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 so weird. I never got into prog rock in general like that. Like yeah. like shit like uh, 
people are probably just going to make fun of me right. so hard. But like, <laughs> it's getting dangerous. I, I can't even like name it. Yeah. Like, what else is like Primus that's kind of like, pro- I don't, who cares? I, I just not for know. me. I don't even know. If it wasn't like hair metal, like we were talking before, I like, fucking love Def Leppard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I will, I'll, tell, I'll tell you a funny story about Def Leppard. Do it. It's not even funny. It's just fucking insane. So Def Leppard had so much money behind them in the 80s that they had a a recording budget for like $10 million. Oh, damn. They recorded all of Hysteria and they said, we fucking hate this. And then they spent another couple million dollars doing another Hysteria. And then they were like, this is okay. And I just find it so crazy because like, that I mean, that record is insane. I don't know if you guys have ever like like dive I've never in done a full playthrough, but I, I you know know some of the big songs. But oh my gosh, dude! It's I it's can't insane. Imagine. I just can't imagine being like, oh yeah, we got an extra couple mil to burn. Right. And, and it's, it's the the time. Yeah, I mean, like when you Shit, we can't do that no more. Yeah, no, nobody no way, has money no way. for that. Man, I'm afraid to change like one like guitar track if it's like even like a little bit off. I'm like, we could probably do a ton. I'm not afraid to do that to go back, <laughs> you know. So I can't imagine a whole record, the time and the energy. What was going through that drummer's head when they're resetting the kit up and the remind? I mean, I, if, unless you're on board, yeah. I can't imagine that drummer. Being I might, like, oh, I boy. might have my story like a little bit skewed, but I'm like a ninety. No, it, that definitely recorded it twice, which I find to be so crazy, man. Like, and that's the thing. Like back in the '80s, you could have label budgets like that. Oh yeah, you know, because music was such a thriving and kind of like a niche thing at the time. You know, with with music videos being, yeah. I think the first music video was like in like nineteen eighty something. Yeah, which you would think it'd be a lot older, right? But like the first, God, we're, we're damn old. <laughs> How old are you guys? I'm thirty in two days. Thirty in two days. Thirty in two days. Yep. He's he's got some catching up to do. Are you Virgo? No, nah, Leo. Oh, when is Virgo? I'm a Virgo. My You're birthday's Virgo. in two weeks. Oh, you must. Be, I'm. I think I'm on the cusp. Leo's like August. Uh, I can't remember the other ones. But yeah, I'm definitely a Leo. How old are you, dude? Twenty nine. 29. Yeah. Oh, was I'm the baby here. It's yeah. fresh. He's the baby. Oh, no. shit. How about you? I am 28. There it oh. is. 28. I'm 20, vegan. 20, 29, 30. I'm brown. And I'm just really handsome. Perfect. So that's, you got it all. That's you got that. it all. You got the complete package, man. <laughs> and humble to boot. Yeah, I'm just so talented and so handsome. It's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> See, everyone's problem is that you're just too good looking. I know. Damn. Dude, I... I have not I, such a good looking producer. I could have hit that take better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like you were speaking on not being able to even move a guitar track. I'm not like that whatsoever. Like, I'm so crazy that I will delete the entire song and oh. say, hey, we need to do this again because it's not good enough. That might be another reason why people get a little aggravated with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to, like, the the reason why they're here. Like, if you talk to them beforehand and they're like, man, I want to, you know, I want to tour, I want to make it big, blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, getting hype. If yeah. they say that to you and they want to be challenged, you're challenging them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what they want. If you want it to be good, man, sometimes you got to cut it. Do it again. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do every time. See, that's shit, shit like that that I would I don't think I could ever settle for. If, if they're like, oh, it's a little out of tune, but like I understand a little out of tune. But if it's like, oh, you're a half step off. Oh yeah. yeah. And like, oh, the guitar is like like literally like a fucking semitone off. I'm like, no, we're not going to do this. We have to do this again. Oh, but it took me like four hours to get that solo right. Sorry, dude. Yeah, maybe not. I, I got time. Yeah, I got time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you paid me for the time and I got it. So let's, let's fucking that, do this to where we don't take. listen to it in two weeks and be like, oh my gosh, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. 
that that brings me to another point that I kind of wanted to talk about today. Sure. Which is the eagerness of a musician to put their shit out. Mm. Oh boy. Like, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. yeah Can I, I tell you? I I suffer from that from time to time. And every I feel like everybody that comes into the studio and they leave with their product, they want to put it out in like a day after because they're just so excited about it. And it just ends up flopping. You know what I mean? Just because music isn't the way it used to be where you could put a song on MySpace and it, all your yeah. friends hear immediately. For some reason, SoundCloud works that way, but only to rappers. You've never heard of like an indie band or a metal band no, getting right. huge <laughs> on SoundCloud. No. Nope. But every band, man, they just want to put their shit out. Like, okay, so I had this ki- this guy today. Bless him. He's the coolest. I love him. But he was like, I sent him a rough master. And he was like, we just put it on DistroKid. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, no, no. You can't do that. Can't. I said, email him and take it down. Yeah. You got to wait for, for, for the go ahead. And you have to be patient yeah. with things, man. Because music is one of those things where you just want to get it out because you're so proud, but pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I've actually experienced lately some of the flip side, which is really interesting, but not in a good way. Because like what I think what you're trying to get at is the strategy. What yeah. a, lot, a lot of people lack is the strategy. There's like not even the strategy, more like, or less. It's just the fucking hold on a second, wait till it's okay. Yeah, wait till I yeah. say it's good. <laughs> well, yeah. That's like the first gate. I think there's like several gates here. I'm really glad you brought this up because that's what I've been experiencing in the whole awesome. different nine yards. Is there's a few gates, right? So of course, like not mixed, not rough man. Like, holy shit, what are you the hell? Like yeah. just calm down. It's like what we have we should have a, like a, a saying for that premature <laughs> premature, <laughs> like so that'd be like PM. PMR, P- premature release. That's our yeah. medical. That's our medical term now. <laughs> so you can let like, when bands come in now, you can be like, yeah, this guy's got PMR, so watch out for him. You yeah, know? <laughs> get him off the iPhone. He's gonna upload it. Fuck, Shit, dude. He like took like one clip of the snare drum you're recording, and he's already releasing it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just releasing the B side before the A side. Yeah. Yep. Here's a new single, and they're like, it's just a snare drum, dude. It's so good, dude. <laughs> you hear the reverb on that? <laughs> but um, no. So there's there's that gate, and if you can't get that, that's there's no excuse for that. Right. But then there's the threshold of like, there's a great middle zone where like, Hey, we've hyped the release. I mean, you see like the, the top bands for a reason, what they do is they'll hype the release. It's like a 30 second teaser. You see this all the time in label bands and even like middle ground bands in the scene do the, the hype release 30 second teaser. They'll do like several posts and then everyone's ready for it. You yeah. create the anticipation. Yep. But what I've experienced lately, which has really kind of blown my mind, is I've seen a lot of bands lately go the opposite end where they're like scared to release it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I have not experienced enough. that quite yet. I can't That's wait till I do, though, because I'll be so proud of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's good to an extent. But then once you hit, you know, a while, you're kind of like, wait a second, you know. And, and, and I've seen a lot of artists that over the years lately where they have good music. And I'm like, you have to get out there, you know, get it yeah. out there because you, you can very much sit, sit on stuff and be like, well, we'll do, the ne- do another single and that one will be the one released. So I think there's like a middle ground that you got to hit and there's like that perfect window. Well, here's something I can't stress enough to, to bands is that if you're, if you're that proud about your shit, right, and your mix is that good and your song is that good and you want it out that bad, pump the brakes and figure out a distribution plan for yeah. it. And you you would think that nowadays that that would be common sense, but it's more common than not for people just to not know about that. Yeah. You know, so people need to 
really sit down and make a strategic guideline of how and where they want their music to go, you know, and they need to find a budget for it. And, uh, you, you, like I said, you don't see too many bands doing it to that extent, you know. And and I feel like their song suffers, you know. Yeah. Add to that. I was gonna say I've seen recently with a couple of uh, bands from Arizona. Um, I think it's Jenny from the Block. I, don't I know, just saw that. You today. see that today? Mm-hmm. But I know a couple of days ago, I guess I follow, I'm friends with their drummer on Facebook, and I've seen him. You know, here's a little bit of a teaser, and the next day here's a little bit of a teaser. And then so now I was ready for it when it came out. I was like, oh, yeah, that's coming out today. And then I went and watched it. Cool. So it's like some are getting the message. I don't know if it's from you or whoever, but some bands are it's following It's definitely not from me. I, I don't think anyone listens to this I didn't shit. know. <laughs> this is for me to like beat off to later. Like, yeah, oh, man, it sounds so good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's one band in Arizona right now. That's, you know, they're going to be listening to this and be like, oh, okay, we got we to follow the plan. We got to follow the plan. And they're writing <laughs> oh, this I hope so. List. I hope so. I, I hope fucking so. hope so. That's like my dream, dude. My dream is to just have people like get it and like yeah. and I want to help everybody be as successful more successful than me. Yeah. You know, I want to see people put on like this I want specifically here because I moved here as basically a, no, a nothing. Yeah. I moved here with no friends and I this place has given me a fucking like a, a voice and it's given me something to stand on. You know, and I've done a lot of fucking really cool shit with a lot of cool people. And if it wasn't for somebody, uh, some, who's the first, one of the first bands I recorded to say, hey, I don't know you, but yeah, let's do it. What the fuck would I be doing? Yeah. You know, so I want to be able to share that with people and be like, hey, it's, you know, here's some help and here's some tips to actually do better at being being in a band. Yeah. Because I've lived it. I've learned how to do shit the wrong way. And now here's some help to maybe do it the perceived right way. Yeah. You know? Can't stress that enough because, I mean, that's a big reason we wanted to get into production too in our studios. We wanted to rebuild that. I pray that one day we get that trifecta. I'm, I'm confident we can hit another renaissance. If you get the right genre and you get the next, there's got to be some platform. Something about me feels like that's, that's about to happen. It's going to. It's going to. We're going to hit the I, right I wave. Strongly, I strongly feel it because even, okay, so it, just within the last two, maybe like not even, like yet, last year and a half, there's this sense of community happening within like the 22 to 25-year-old like demographic. And I see it on, on the internet all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like people want to see a change it's crazy it's almost like political in a sense you know where like you go through this great depression era and then finally uh some i don't know who got us out of the great depression (laughs) i'm not like a history major or anything yeah finally fdr comes around and he's like hey let's do some good shit you know what i mean and i feel like that's happening to where we're getting out of this like nobody wants to go to shows phase and we're going into, hey, my friend's band is playing tonight. Do you guys want to come? Yeah. And if that happens and we can make a show to where it's just like, let's say, we'll, we'll fucking take the marquee. And it's just like, let's say you started a band tomorrow and it's fucking sick and everyone loves it. And everyone genuinely loves it enough to come see you. If that happens and you can fill it up, man, I'll straight up cry. Yeah. You right. know? Yeah. If, we like, get, if we get back to those days where it's like the show is like... You know, you want people basically going to their high school or their college and be like, dude, you had to be at this show. Yeah. 
Those, yep. I mean, like it, how it was in high school, exactly. right? There yeah. was, okay. So I gotta tell you this story. Oh, this would be God. a great segment mm. on this. There's how do you already know? It just he always tells the story when we get uh, this, on this, this topic. story. Is so good, you'll <laughs> love this. And this is my good shit on Kiefer story. So fuck. This, this is, why is perfect. I knew exactly. I, he, he gets, he, he gets you get you get you get your one shit on me yeah, a little yeah. bit later. So you can you can find the right moment and be like fucking Andrew. He did this one now, but this is a great story on that topic where uh, this is right when Escape the Fate was just getting there okay and uh they actually played um there's that one uh us off broadway what's the old venue the clubhouse clubhouse so they play the clubhouse apparently i didn't know that one. and oh. the tour happens to be on the day of the super bowl oh, and shit. this guy here i mean just look at the hat i don't have to tell you anything else this guy is is he's ready to go in a sports and you can be like wide receiver of this team and it'll be like oh excuse me right here <laughs> so the day of the show, it's on Super Bowl, and he—I've never seen Kiefer so conflicted. He's got oh, his shit. his girlfriend oh, at the time, show Super with Bowl, the boys or Super all Bowl the food, with the girl. Yeah. food, girlfriend, dad, or go to the band that we were like obsessed with. We were obsessed with Escape the Fate. That band, were you hit. really? Oh man, that, yeah. I don't know what it is with that band. Like with Ronnie Radke in it? Yeah, I mean, it was with old, old that was school with Ronnie him in it, but it wasn't. That guitar player man was ridiculous. The bl- the blonde guitar player, I don't know his name. That Monty guy, or something. Uh, yeah, Monty, Monty, that yeah. guy. Oh, he shreds dick. That guy is That's insane. Ridiculous. Like we were waiting for them to go on, and they all had wireless setups, and they're in the green room of the clubhouse, and he just starts sweet picking. So like, oh, sound check guitar left, and it's like, it's like a freaking like bird chirping. <laughs> we just had like not seen that. I was so, like, yeah. oh my god, like this is gonna be ridiculous. And I, I always I, that like '80s metal combined with like the modern, that yeah. was such a cool sound. I mean, I can't. And I, I I'm a big fan of darker music. So that dark rock. Me too. I'm, 80s, I'm a very brooding guy. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. So that was the perfect blend of everything. And so, Kiefer chose the latter. He, he, I mean, me and my singer and my keyboardist are band time. We're like, dude, fuck football. (laughs) Everyone did. Everyone did. (laughs) We're like, fuck football. We're going to this damn show. I mean, this is the band. Yeah. And we all looked at Kiefer as we're leaving the door and we're all like, no, you know what? No, no, no. I might have had to side with you on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was hard to choose. Super Bowl. I don't don't blame him. The story made me regret it. Yeah. The story made me regret it. Oh, because it was such a like, well, this is the clubhouse, right? Electric experience. Yeah. 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 We go to the clubhouse and I mean, they killed it. There's another band that was a really big fan of called I Am Ghost. I don't know if you heard from that. I Am Ghost opened for them. So this is just the culmination of all like these incredible bands of the time. And the show was small enough, um, and it's funny, Ronnie had a fever, and he, he still killed it. Like, didn't miss a note. And then it's funny, he collapsed on stage. Mm. Like, at the end of the show, he just, like, fell over. And he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to be on the tour bus. If you're 18 or over, have ID ready. I'll see you in the back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a shit bag. Yeah, it, was, it was awesome. I was like, that's a fucking rock star. Yeah. But then we're, we're walking out. And him and like three of the other bandmates come around the corner, right? As me uh, and Tyler and uh, Matt with, with, come right out. And my, the senior band goes, oh, you sign our thing? And Ronnie grabs the Sharpie and looks at it, looks at him in the face, puts his poster to the ground, grabs his face, and he drew like a whole clown face on him. Mm-hmm. And our singer was like, this is great. Oh my <laughs> it's gosh. So funny. You can only cool. pull that shit on people when they're like past like 18 and under. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're just mega fan. Cause if someone was to do that to me, I'd be like, Hey, right. Stop. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. We were just mega fans. So we, we, we were fanboying really hard, I bet. but it was just, I, I love being able to see a band that was about to just epically blow up. Yeah. And we got to see him at like a small venue, like Clubhouse. What year was this? This is 2006. 2006. Yeah. yeah 2006. Okay. I was a senior year of high school. So 2006, 
we go in, we see them. Holy moly. So that was a, a good thing of like, then we the next day, so we go out to school Monday and we see Kiefer and we go right up to him. And oh, that was like, it was like bragging huh? rights. You know, it's like, dude, Tyler got his face drawn on. We still got didn't it miss on his a note. Face. He had a, like, <laughs> we couldn't rave enough. I mean, cause we listened to C for several months that to bring everything full circle. I miss the hell out of that. Yeah. I miss yeah. I think if that happens in the scene, that's when you're going to see the resurgence when people are like, yeah, I did that. Cause the problem that a lot of people don't realize is nowadays when a show happens, there's like five live videos of it. Yeah. There's like five. I don't feel Ooh, like I missed a damn thing. I go on there. I'm like, okay, here's, Three, here's 30 photos. Here's five live videos. Oh, you hear about yeah, there's only a few. Thing. Yeah. And you can just like totally judge the show. You know, there wasn't that many people there. That wasn't this. So I, I didn't miss out. But right. you think you compare that to like how it was back in the day? It's like we, we just shat on Kiefer for like a week. <laughs> like, enjoy your Super Bowl, yep. motherfucker. Justifiably we're going so. to a damn show because we're in a band. Well, for, the, for those who don't know, oh, Jack, Jack White, thing? he, okay, so he's on this, this super stadium tour right now, right? He's playing or arena tour, whatever. He's playing at Comerica on f- fucking what day? Someday. But his new thing is that there are no cell phones allowed heard about inside. Wow. I heard about and this. And now the, these venues have these like little pouches that you put your shit in and then they get coat checked essentially. Wow. Yeah. That's really so cool. I was talking to a friend of mine today about it because he sent it to me because uh, he was like, what do you think about this? And I was like, well, I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's awesome to an extent though. So now because we do we do live in such a, a social media age and this digital age, I think it is very cool for bands to that are up and coming yeah. to be able to have that because so many people check the internet. Yes. Like, oh, well, here's this and I'm hearing about this everywhere now because we spend like 40% of our time on there. Yep. So, but once you hit a certain level, and you want your show to be such an experience that you can't take, which all shows should be, don't get me wrong. But when you hit that level to when people know you and they're coming specifically to see you and to share that, and it's on a grand level, I, f- I do feel like you should put the phones away, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you want to make that memory. Yeah. You know, and even down to like the local thing, I feel like it should be like, okay, well, here's five minutes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, right. go, go crazy with for five minutes for this one song about how my girlfriend sucks. And then put your phones away yeah. and then let's just fucking have a genuinely good time. You know, yeah. the internet's going to be there until Trump oh, takes it's it gonna away. Be it's there. not going anywhere. <laughs> nobody's going to watch the video you took and then you end up getting in the way. But yeah, there's a perfect balance. There's, of course, there's always pros and cons. There's some definitely pros to the media. I mean, it's great sometimes to see a live video and be like, wow, these guys are great. But yeah, yeah it's just bittersweet, unfortunately. So. I I, I mean, I've, I've found some cool shit, you know, just, just looking through. Like, there's this snarky puppy thing. Do you know who snarky puppy is? You ever heard of them? No. They are fucking crazy. They're like this, like, f- jazz fusion thing. They're like Polyphia, but, like, way more on the jazz side. And then wow. they had this chick up there who was singing with them who has this, like, this tritone voice where she can hit three octaves at the same time with, like, false chords. Oh, wow. Have you seen people do that? It's like that that ancient, that monk technique. I've heard about technique. it. I, that's outstanding. It's like, ah. But, you know, like, yeah. but she's, like, singing, like, crazy, crazy gospel chops. And wow. Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's kind of cool for sh- whatever. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you I've, just dictated my driving cool home music. So, good man. <laughs> yeah, Snarky Puppy's cool, man. Check them out. That's cool. They're tight. But, yeah, so like like I said, this, this is an interesting evolution of the social media. 
But um, I, I guess I'm hopeful as you are that we'll see another that's renaissance. Why, like I said, that's why I'm doing this. I'm doing this so I can create a sense of community. That's why I'm begging people to come join me on this thing. I want the conversation to happen. Like we're having yeah. it now. Yeah. And even if we're sitting here and we're talking about the same fucking shit, and then goes round and round and round. I always want to sprinkle a little bit of the glory days back because oh, it's yeah. such a cool experience. And I would fucking hate it if kids growing up in this scene today didn't have that. Yeah, they didn't get to share that. There's this band from here. They're called Baseline. Yeah, I was lucky enough to record them, and I feel like they are starting to have that with their peers in high school nice. and how big their shows get fucking packed the fuck good, out good you know and there's people singing along there's people crowd surfing and pub rock that's you know awesome. and oh, it's man. cool it's fucking good for cool them. to that's, see that's awesome, awesome. that's you so know, good when we were in high school I mean, we had shows like that you oh, know yeah. Yeah. and it was tight so it's it's like i said i feel like something something cool has happened and if people come on here and we just keep beating a dead fucking horse then i'll beat the dead horse until it's like yeah. hey i'm actually not really that dead <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> well, i mean honestly the, the, when uh, andrew had brought this up that you were doing a podcast. I think I'd seen it pop up a couple times. I wasn't exactly sure what was going on with it. Uh-huh. But once he had brought that up and then I kind of learned about what you were doing and kind of listened to a few did of Did you your, listen to some? Yeah, I listened to a couple. Cool. You did the one with, uh, uh, wow, Something Killers. He was in a band before Close to Home. Oh, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to that one. Very interesting guy. But uh, He's cool. Um, the reason why, uh, like, it's, it's a very similar, uh, like, motto or mantra, something we're going for as well, is, uh, you know, my job, I work with kids, and so it's like, I want to see these young bands do well. I want to see them follow their dreams, because I remember the aspiration, the feeling of, like, man, I just want to tour. If I could just tour, oh, man. That's that was a whole, it for yeah. Me. And that was it. I was happy, smitten, like, nothing was better than that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I just want to foster that with these kids so they can experience, like, we're talking about the scene loving their music, loving playing with their friends and playing for their friends and just that kind of stuff. And so it, I, I feel like that's where your heart's at as well. Shit's making me like happy, like yeah. genuinely <laughs> making me happy to hear, to hear stuff like that. Oh just, yeah, man. And I don't want to be corny. I'm not like no, a fucking I, nah, corny yeah. dude. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not like trying to be like, oh, like superhero, like daddy or whatever. No. <laughs> I just want people to have fun again. Yeah. You know, nobody yeah. fucking has fun doing anything. You know, there's a, like, even if you're going on a fucking roller coaster, you're taking a video of it, yeah. you know, <laughs> the and then your phone gets lost and it's, that's no fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. I just want yeah. people to enjoy their lives. That's yeah. And, it. and create the memories. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, this is one of the hardest things to ever do in this world is to yeah. make it a music. But man, if, if, if I, if I was turning 30 here in two days without the experiences I had, and you're, you're no going to have so many more, man. I don't, I don't oh, have so yeah. many more. So I'm so thankful for what I've had and I'm so thankful for the future. Yeah, and optimistic. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's where I really want to, you know, bring back to the community. And just like yeah. you, I want to get these, I want to get this started again. Right. I want there to be that raving scene. I want that to be like, you know, there's <laughs> there's a venue where they got too many people. Right. And send people, like, I want that. I want that to happen because those yeah. are the epic memories. Absolutely. And if we give this gen, this next generation those epic memories, it's going to be good for us, good for everybody. It's fucking sick. So, yeah, so happy on that. That's awesome. So just, just to recap real quick, you guys are doing the studio thing now. That's your thing. You yeah. guys are going full force. What's the name mm-hmm. of it one more time? Revival Sound Studios. Revival Sound Studios. And where are you guys at? So we're right around the 7th Street and 101. 7th Street and 101. North so Phoenix. far as hell from me. Far as hell from you. <laughs> uh, North Phoenix. Yeah, North yeah Phoenix. That's, that's far as hell from me for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was fucking awesome having you guys, man. I wish you the best of luck Thank for real. This was cool. Thank this you so is much. one of my favorite ones to do so far. Hey, so awesome, thank man. you for Pleasure. giving it to me, man. Let's high five a little Let's high five a little bit. Boom, right on the five. I can't reach. We're going to make it reach. We'll make it reach. Go! Go! All right.
Headshot. Boom. All right, guys. So whoever listened, thank you so much for listening. This was fucking awesome. I learned a lot about you guys. Well, kind of. Who the fuck are you? No, I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> Wait, what's your name? So, uh, all right. I'm going to sign off now. Thank you so much. Peace. Bye. Peace. Peace.